0: In recreation, seek to recreate yourself. During every pause in your activity, seek in inner peace a renewal of your creative spirit. Withdraw into your inner temple of silence and there, focus on re-energizing every thought, every feeling. I love the way Swamiji just picks it up from the unexpected you know, in recreation. And there, I was, all of a sudden, he's just saying the obvious. What is recreation? It's called recreate. And then I'm still thinking on my days off, on my holiday in the Bahamas, or whatever I'm talking about. And instead, he says, during every pause in your activity, use every pause to recreate. So the question is, where do, we, how do we rest? And in uh, most of us, okay, let me, let me just try to think which string to pick this up from. In the reality of human consciousness, we're essentially working with three levels of consciousness. And, it's, and some, these words have special meaning in the way, over time, Swamiji has given them meaning, because they're English words that aren't specific. But what we're talking about is we talk about the subconscious level, the conscious level, and the superconscious level. And we we think of three levels of consciousness. Swami Kriyananda's, he never actually wrote a book on this, unfortunately, but he gave various programs of this marvelous, like sort of life training course, which he called Superconscious Living. And he, he talks about all these various ideas. But the idea of the subconscious and the superconscious, subconscious means in this context, I mean, I know it has psychological implications and so on, so just think of it fresh. Subconscious means... Everything that's already happened, and in the context of self-realization, that means all your previous lives. It's not just a question of what happened from when I was born, and um, now every psychologist knows about the subconscious because we all know that we're carrying this this enormous amount of influential experience that is yet below our ability to remember it, and so. Uh, People develop psychological theories that have to do with the birth trauma, things that might have happened in utero, experiences in infancy that imprinted on you in a certain way, because they observe that, that there's not always an explanation in your actual life experience for the impressions that you carry in your consciousness. Now, when you go over to the Indian philosophy, into Sanatana Dharma, it all gets more sensible. If you think about reincarnation, if you understand the chakras, the astral world, and all of those things which are way too much for November 30th, but I will send you over to a YouTube channel I have, which you can easily find where all of these things are explained at great length, If you think of of us as not being a clean slate when we're born, but a continuation. If you think about your grandfather's life or your father's life or some elder whose life you saw and whose end you saw, meaning that they've died and passed on, you think of all the forces that were in play in their life, everything that they were, their personality, what they learned, what they refused to learn, what they resolved, what they left unresolved. And if you think about that essential vibration not necessarily the specifics that I was a plumber and I learned you know these particular things but what the vibration of consciousness and the personal personal mastery of concentration of willpower and sometimes of specific skills also people are born knowing how to do things being in tune with certain things or out of tune with them if you think of any elder who has preceded you into death, think about that whole personality being intact in its essential qualities, entering into a baby's form, and then the baby's personality begins to emerge. I've never been pregnant, but women who have given birth to more than one child have told me that essentially from conception, they can feel a personality present, and that their children vary, that one child has one personality and another has another, just like they do when they're born, but it's already there. So the subconscious is the um, the place, so to speak, except it's not physical. It's the it's the vibratory bank account where all of those experiences, all that we've learned or not learned, are stored, and it influences us. You know, it causes us to have a great affinity for this person because we've known them before, to have a great aversion to that person, because we've known them before, to have a tremendous attunement with animals, because we've done it before, to have a great terror of big black dogs, because it's happened before, except all of these things just happen because all of this is subconscious, it's below the conscious level. Now there's another aspect of the subconscious, which is we prefer the familiar to the unfamiliar. Even if the familiar is not very pleasant, we tend to, we tend, it's a very strong human characteristic, to prefer the familiar to the unfamiliar. We don't like change, we don't like new. I might not be very happy, but I don't want it to get worse, whether we actually articulate that or not. I jokingly call it the preference for the known misery rather than the courage to step into what might possibly be a little better. The known misery at least is known, and so I'm going to cling to it. That's what the subconscious is always trying to get us to do. And so there's this tremendous um, push from within to just keep us right where we are and to resist change and to resist newness and to hold on to what it is. I mean, just think about it it's the downward pulling energy. It's also the tendency because it takes less energy to follow the groove that's already been plowed in our consciousness. It's like, you know, if you, if you, if you have a, 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 a rock and you're trying to roll it, it rolls downhill easier than it rolls uphill. Rolling it uphill requires to push it. Rolling it downhill just means let it go. So there's this tremendous inclination in the human being to just let the rock roll in the direction that it's already going except what that does is that keeps us exactly the way we are we just keep redigging the same old grooves that's this is the idea of superconscious living that's the subconscious um, now i'm going to skip over to the superconscious the superconscious is our creative self it is the point that leads it is the part of us that leads us to the point of origin thinking of a pyramid with the point down where we are now is the most contracted, smallest little bit of, of our potential. We think of ourselves as such big hoo-hahs, but we're really just tiny, tiny little bit of what we really are. Because from this point, which we tend to call ourselves our egoic self, the pyramid goes expands like this. But there's actually no top on the pyramid. It's just a V that literally goes out to infinity. That's the superconscious. Superconscious and subconscious meet in me, and they meet on the field of conscious, which is what I'm aware of. And what I'm aware of is the potential that's in me. You know, I could really study the piano and become a wonderful musician. I could train and I could do a triathlon and I could do it. I could just be patient with my children. I, could, I, I don't have to parent my children the same way I was parented. I can pull myself out of that groove and be different. You know, all of these things that I could be, but they all take more energy from me. They require more imagination. They require more creativity. They require more daring. They require more awareness. Sometimes I have to fight against the people around me. I mean, this book is full of examples. Stand up for who you are. All of that is because it moves us towards super-consciousness, instead of just letting the rock roll downhill as it's been rolling for all these incarnations. Where the two-point meets is the conscious level. And this is, think about it, this is is what our life is like, isn't it? There's the tendency, I I mean, right after breakfast this morning, I thought, oh, a little nap would be nice. (laughs) And I was fully aware that there wasn't a reason in the world for me to lie down and go to sleep. But it just seemed like a nice idea. And I had to, and it wasn't like a big fight. But right there between it, do I just stretch out on the bed, pick up the book I'm reading, which isn't even a novel. It's a a historical record of American history. You know, it's not bad. I'll just lie down and I'll just read a little instead of the huge pile of things that I have to do. And that's, isn't that it? All the time, Less energy, more energy. That's the battlefield of the conscious mind. The conscious mind doesn't really exist it, as, an, as a closed system in itself. It's just the point where subconscious meets superconscious, and we get to choose, constantly like this. So when we think of recreation, we always we have different ways of thinking of it, and habitually. <laughs> Most of us think of recreation as sinking into subconsciousness. I, myself, uh, well, uh, when I was uh, driving home one night from Ananda Village, which is four hours from the Ananda community I live in, I was driving home really late at night because I stayed up there to the last possible minute and had to be here in the morning. So about two in the morning, I'm driving down this empty highway and the road was very rough, and I kept moving. I kept changing lanes. I was the only one on the road, changing lanes, looking for a a smoother part of the road. Now, of course, when people are just weaving around a freeway, the policeman has a different interpretation of what that is. So all of a sudden, I look back, and there's this policeman with his red light, and he pulls me over, and and then he, he sort of unrolls his window. I mean, you know how they are. He doesn't know who's in the car, and he sees this, you know, this this little lady sitting there. And uh, he starts asking me questions like, who's the president of the United States? And what day is it? And various things like this. And I just couldn't really quite follow it. And I said, oh, oh, you think I'm drunk? You know, because of course, that was what would be the obvious explanation. You think I'm drunk. And I looked at him and he was about <clears throat> maybe 25. <laughs> he was just a young policeman. And I said, I haven't had a a drink, let's see, I used to have occasional, I used to have an occasional beer. Let me think, the last time would have been 1965. And he sort of looked at me and I said, you weren't even born in 65. I said, were your parents born in 1965? (laughs) And you know, it was just like completely other world, because it just, it's not my world. And I said, I explained to him, the road was rough, and I was looking for a smooth place, and he let me off. But, to drink, to just have a couple of beers, to recreate by just sinking back into the lowest energy I can think of, is that's how most people think of recreation. You go to a resort where you don't have to drive, you don't have any work to do, you get to drink all day. I mean, yeah, that's what people do. That's what they think of as recreation. That's not what I think of as recreation, because I don't find any recreating possibilities. I have my version. Novels. I like novels. My drug of choice for a long time has been novels. I I suffer from TMN, too many novels, and I have joined TMN Anonymous. I'm joking, but I recognize that's how I play it. I don't drink beer, but you know I always want to go unconscious. And I do. I mean, it's okay. I'm not strict. I, I do every so often. I just pick up a novel and I lose myself in it because it just gives me a break. We all need breaks. So Swami Kriyananda was so interesting. He did read. He, he liked to read, but he didn't enjoy. He wasn't energized by low energy. He was energized by uplifted energy. He was energized above all by going into the quiet space within himself. And then you see, we discover that the superconscious wins. We discover that more energy on a higher vibration actually is a better form of recreation than low energy, because it doesn't take us anywhere. Low energy just repeats the same groove. Lifted energy, in either refinement or quality, whatever it might be, actually re-energizes us, because it opens that channel. You see, the thing about the superconscious is it's a source of energy. The subconscious just keeps mixing up the same story. The superconscious gives us something. So Swamiji says, in recreation, seek to recreate yourself. During every pause in your activity, seek in inner peace a renewal of your creative spirit. Withdraw into your inner temple of silence and there, focus on re-energizing every thought, every feeling. Joy to you, my friend."